TCU loses, and thanks to the transfer portal, Baylor wins. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. And isn't it like the happiest Wednesday that exists? Baylor lands Sawyer Robertson, four-star quarterback out of Mississippi State, and that is the big headline today. I'm Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. I um, A couple housekeeping things to get off here. I, I, I was at the national championship game, TCU and Georgia. I transparently know a lot of you have seen the picture of me in a TCU jersey. That was taken months ago. That was not from the actual game itself. That, that is not a representation of who I am or what I believe in. I will say, due to some fami- familial ties, I was rooting for TCU. I was rooting for the Big 12 in that game. And we'll get into that a little bit more later on in the show. But something happened at about mm, the 45th point for Georgia where I realized if TCU loses this game bad enough, Baylor wins. There's a way that Baylor could win if TCU is completely embarrassed in the national stage. And I think, I think they're embarrassed just enough. I also am coming to you live from Caesars Palace. So LA to Caesars Palace and locked on Baylor is rocking and rolling. Couldn't be a better week. It just feels good. It just feels good. I'm going to lean back while I tell you about why I'm so excited. Baylor football, I, I said three weeks ago, I was like, all right, look, Baylor hasn't got a transfer portal quarterback yet. Dave Aranda said we're not really attack the portal until January. This is all very bad news to the Bears. I didn't have a lot of faith that Baylor was going to get a big name out of the portal. What do I know? I'm just a silly guy who speaks into a microphone. Dave Aranda, Sean Bell, Jeff Grimes. I've talked to people that are on staff. I've talked to people around the program that say Sawyer Robinson Robertson from I can't even say the kid's name right. Sawyer Robertson from Mississippi State is the real deal. Four star coming out of high school, highly touted recruit coming out of high school, and he is now a Baylor Bear. Six foot four. 200 pounds out of Lubbock Coronado. This was the get out of the portal for Baylor. I mentioned last week on Twitter, and there were some people who came and and people who came to Cam and myself and said, you're incorrect in this assessment, but there were there was Alan Bowman on the table, formerly of Texas Tech, then of Michigan. Now he has since transferred to none of those. He's at Oklahoma State. And I put it out there. Look, Baylor's coming after a quarterback who's got a lot of experience in college football when it comes to age, but has thrown 15 passes in the last two years. There's not a really good shot. He's going to dethrone Blake Shapen. And that was true. Alan Bowman was on the cusp of being a Baylor Bear, but in the end, the fit wasn't right for the Baylor Bears. And it gives you Sawyer Robertson, who I truly think can vie for the starting position this spring. I'll come up and I'll come out here first and say this is this can't be it for Baylor when it comes to transfer portal quarterbacks. Uh, you've got to go after somebody else. You've got to go get another name in the portal. But now you have the liberty of not having to go get another big name. Blake Shapen, who has 15 games of starting experience at the Division One level, Power Five level, Sawyer Robertson, who doesn't have that, but I think projects to be a legit starting Power Five quarterback at Baylor, almost a replacement for the Austin Novosad that you lost. And now you have the liberty to go get somebody who's not going to vie for the starting job at Baylor, but gives you a serviceable option to keep your quarterback room in good shape. I would have loved, I really truly would have loved for Alan Bowman to been to have been in the quarterback room with Sawyer Robertson and Blake Shapin. I think Bowman in that scenario probably doesn't compete for the starting job. I, I don't know if I'd want him to. 
Abode does give you is almost this coach who's a player. Kind of a, what a Luke Anthony was last year from Louisiana Tech for Baylor at the quarterback spot. Now Sawyer Robertson changes the game a lot. He is going to add some instant impact, even if he's not the starter day one next year. Let's get this very straight, very clear. Sawyer Robertson does not have a shoe in to be Baylor's starting quarterback next season. It is still Blake Shapin's job. It's going to continue to be Blake Shapin's job. And I would I would almost be surprised if Baylor comes out and says that there will be a true quarterback battle, but there needs to be. You did not go out and sign the four-star Lubbock Coronado kid to come in day one and not at least vie for a starting job to take from a guy in Blake Shapin who did not have a very good year. He didn't meet expectations. He was learning all the way with his wide receivers. I have not lost complete faith in Blake Shapin like so many people have. I think he could still be a good quarterback for Baylor next year with a better receiving core, but I, you have to have the battle. You didn't bring this guy in to ride the pine for two years, to wait on Blake Shapin, to watch Blake Shapin not develop as a quarterback. Because if if Blake is not this year where he needs to be as a wily veteran leader of this program, he is now a veteran football player. If you don't see that in practice, if you don't see that in the spring game, if you don't see that on the field come next fall, this is somebody else's job. It's not that Blake Shapin is done and Sawyer Robertson is him. But there needs to be that conversation this offseason, even if the very, if at the very least it creates this pressure for Shapin where he feels somebody is breathing down your neck. You're not safe at the quarterback spot. Um, there is a healthy competition that Blake Shapin needs to elevate his game to a different level so that his starting job is not in question. Because it is right now. It should be right now. And I think the Baylor coaching staff would be completely silly to bring Sawyer Robertson in and say, hey, thanks for coming here. Um, we, we can't start you or even consider starting you. Blake Shapin's our guy. We just need to ride the bench for a little bit. That that can't happen with a guy who's this good. Uh, as of right now, sorry, Robertson, out of high school, out of high school, I should say, projected to be a fourth-round quarterback in the NFL draft. He's got NFL aspirations at a Lubbock Coronado. Again, six foot four, 200 pounds. He's got the build. This says he's a tall, lean quarterback, ample space, adds some good weight, and he can develop and can continue to become a great quarterback. He drives the ball down the seams. He throws it in the middle of the field and well on outs, spins it in the short to intermediate range, shows encouraging ball placement in tight windows, including including back shoulder throws, nice touch trajectory on deep balls, fades, corner routes, not a dual threat, but nimble enough to make the first wave miss to extend a play. Listen to this per 24, seven pocket presence, nine intangibles, eight delivery, eight accuracy, eight size, eight moves outside of the pocket. It's a seven out of 10. I'll still take that compared to what Baylor had with Blake Shapin spatial awareness or lack thereof last year. Sawyer Robertson brings a desperately needed quarterback in depth for Baylor. He's highly touted too. He's maybe not the best guy coming out. You saw the Hudson card is that guy. And even I think Brennan Armstrong, even for me, brought a lot of attention early on. And Kyron Drones brought a lot of attention. So maybe this isn't your five-star portal name, but in high school, he threw for 12,000 yards, 146 touchdowns, 22 interceptions on 65% passing. He is a Austin Novosad ready to go. Like he's ready to play college football. I love it. I love it. I think this kid brings, a again, a different level of competition, 
a different level of competitiveness to the quarterback room at Baylor. He's not it. It's not done. He's not the starting quarterback next season yet, at least. Uh, and Baylor's not done in the transfer portal when it comes to quarterbacks, but this is a huge, huge step in the right direction for the Bears. Especially, uh, what great news, coming off the heels of TCU losing the national championship game. Oh, you hate to see that, don't you? And I get it. Look, I, I caught some flack this week for my supposed over-support of TCU, and maybe that's true. Maybe I deserve that. But I, I want to tell you what it was like being at that ball game. First, got to tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. I mean, I, I told you I'm in Caesars Palace right now. I walk downstairs. Crazy. There's like the whole casino thing is right here, too. So you walk downstairs, you're in the middle of the casino, and I'm looking at these big screens, and there's supposed to be sports all over all these big screens. They're dark. They're black. There's nothing on them. So I go over to my buddy Caesar, who got me into his palace. Hey, uh, hey, Caesar, man, what's going on? And he says, well, we've been waiting on the game to start, and none of them have. And I said, Caesar, I, I got a fix for this. I went to bet online. I went to betonline.net, and the game started immediately. It's where the game starts. There's lines. There's betting. There's podcasts. If you don't want to bet, that's okay. They got scores and all kinds of in-depth analysis on these games. So you can know what games, games are going to be the most entertaining in college basketball, the NBA every day, all of that and more at betonline.net. Check them out. It is where the game starts. So, boy, Monday night, uh, I had a good time at the national championship game, snuck my way into a suite and got to watch TCU in Georgia. I was rooting for TCU. I was rooting for TCU. And I really hoped that there would be the big 12 wins a national championship. I, I did. I thought like that favored Baylor more than TCU losing was the big 12 being on a scale of, okay, they beat Georgia. Baylor came within a couple of points of this team. You know, this league, this conference deserves respect. They are legit. Now I do still think the big 12 deserves respect, but also it's objective to say the sec proved it's the king of college football. And it's really not close. Um, and I know I tweeted it and it's, it's stupid. It's stupid. And it's clickbaity that I would almost rather be Baylor than lose historically bad, literally the worst bowl game, not national championship, worst bowl game of all time was played in Los Angeles at SoFi stadium between TCU and Georgia and TCU lost 65 to seven. That game was so bad that, there was a point in time, Duggan throws an interception at 31-7. Georgia scores right before the half. It's 38-7. Like, you're, you're laughing. By the time Georgia got to its 60th point, you are done laughing. At this point, you're witnessing a murder. There is blood everywhere. And it's TCU, the Horn Frogs, that are feeling it. So, yeah, yeah, the Big 12's not elite in college football, sure, sure. I agree with Paul Catalina and his take this week that the Big 12 is on par with teams 3 through 14 in the SEC right now. Outside of Alabama and, and Georgia, you got a fighter's chance against any of those teams, especially with the depth the Big 12 presents. The Big 12's worst three teams would blow the SEC's worst three teams out of the water. I truly believe that. But the SEC proved that it's stack-heavy. It's got Alabama. It's got Georgia. It's got national championship pedigree. And the Big 12 doesn't. TCU doesn't. I, I, again, my, I told you guys this, you all know this. My girlfriend goes to TCU. So my, I, I want to root for them. I want to be supportive. I want to, you know, love is, love is good. It's one of the, you're, you do the, you know, Baylor's a Baptist school. Love's one of the, uh, the fruits of the spirit. You know, it's the most important one. 
this was better than love, man. I got once I flipped the switch, I came in again saying, all right, go TCU, go frogs. Let's see what happens here. And then they just got down by so much. I was like, all right, how much more can they pile on? How much worse can this get? Davion Henton posted on uh, on Twitter. I love this too. There will be TCU fans that come out and say, at least we made the national championship. At least we went. Well, then what happened? What happened when you were there? The most embarrassing college football game. I was, it is. There's the Cumberland State game against Georgia Tech that was 222-0. That's embarrassing. This TCU and Georgia game was the most embarrassing college football game of all time. Of all time. We saw the Alabama and Notre Dame game, which in recent recency bias for sure, but that's up there for me. We've seen some bad national championships too. This takes the cake. 65-7. to seven. TCU didn't even score a garbage time, show me mercy touchdown. Sonny Dykes, Max Duggan, this team rise above it all. Again, I, I'm cheering for you. A lot of the Big 12's cheering for you, and I wish I wouldn't have. You were all right. You caught me. I was wrong. This was better than love. Watching the face. Now, those TCU players get all the way to the national championship game and then put up the worst performance in college football history. You can argue with that, but I say it's objective for sheer fact of the entire nation's watching. The college football playoff, the national championship is built that Iowa fans are watching, Northwestern fans are watching, Florida State fans are watching, Cal fans are watching. All of college football is glued into this game to see who is the king of the sport. And it wasn't, it wasn't a respectable 38 to 28. It wasn't, uh, oh, 35-31, at least TCU gave a fight. It wasn't even 38-14, at least TCU showed up. The Horn Frogs would have been better off not getting off the bus than suffering what they did to Georgia in that game. I, I have queued up. I did. I'm, I'm petty. I am a petty person. Those of you who are out there on the Twitter sphere, like, oh, you know, this guy's just looking for clicks. This guy's just trying to get attention. Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe you're on to something here. Welcome to the party. Glad you figured it out by now. I'm petty enough that I went in and I, I compiled the best quotes, the best bites from the TCU press conference postgame. It brought me joy. Like, I found myself. I, tur I turned it on. I was like, I want to know what they said. I turned it on. And again, call me petty. Don't. My name's Drake. I found joy in watching the TCU postgame press conference after the worst loss in college football history. All eyes on you. It could have been 90 to seven in a regular season game, and it's still, it still would not be near as bad as 65 to seven. Someone else posted. I wish I could credit them. 65 seven is the new 51 28. Might as well be. 61 58. 51 28. 61 58 is great, but 65 seven. That is just a different animal. I want to know. Call me crazy. Call me clickbaity. I want to know how far back TCU football was set by that game. Maybe, maybe not at all. Maybe not at all. But when you go on the biggest stage, like when's the next time TCU is going to reach a national championship? Had they made this a close game, like uh, like your seat, you know, Georgia's been in the college football playoff before. Had TCU made this a close game, I think there's the heart behind, all right, we're going to reload and be right back here next year. We can do this. We're a championship caliber team. You'll hear a reporter ask Sonny Dykes how far they are away from being a championship caliber team. Um, no, it just was so non-competitive. 
that I want to know how far back the TCU football program was set because there's no way they get close to sniffing the college football playoff next season. There's no way they get close after this game. They're losing Max Duggan. They're losing a great portion of the roster um, who are graduating. And I don't think too many guys will transfer out, but I do. I, I firmly believe that of the playoff teams, that this is this is going to hurt TCU a lot. Uh, had they lost 31-28, it wouldn't. It'd be great. It'd be the best PR in the world for TCU. But forever and always, when people say TCU went to the 2022 National Championship, 2023, whatever you want to call it, what happened? That's the question that will follow is what happened. And when you have to tell them what happened, you will get the most, the more like it's laughable. It is laughable. Pretty good. Pretty good. You can call me bandwagon. Call me crazy for now being uh, being a little more. I mean, yeah, I was. I was rose-colored glasses. Got a little too involved in the TCU uh, spunk, the hypnotoad jazz. I'm glad that I'm off of that now. I'm off the drugs. Take your meds. I'm there. I'm taking my meds. I 65-7. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I laugh. Not at my girlfriend. Not in her face. That'd be irresponsible. But... Just I, I can I could go on for an entire show about how bad this is. Now Baylor's got Sawyer Robertson. This is this is a good day. This is a good day. February Wednesday, January eleventh is a good day in Baylor sports. Um, hopefully it gets better today. There's a basketball game tonight. Uh, I I I did. I purposely avoided basketball today because I just get sad. Oh and three. Don't make it zero and four, please. Go out and win one. Beat the Mountaineers. Um, Sonny Dykes, Max Duggan, this is their press conference because again, it brings me joy listening to how sad this is. Um, maybe it shouldn't, maybe I'm petty, but wow. Wow. I was glued to this. Take a look. You know, we just look, we've got a good football team and it was a tough one tonight. Um, we'll evaluate what happened. Uh, couldn't be more proud of uh, our football team though. Uh, and these, especially these two young men, men that are up here with me right now, just for what they've meant to TCU football and uh, just what kind of people they are. And I think we're all disappointed and um, that we didn't, you know, that we didn't play better and we didn't coach better and, you know, we didn't represent uh, our team better than we did tonight. Uh, but we'll learn from it. And the next time we're on a stage like this, we'll handle it better. Thank you, Coach. Again, let's get questions for our two student-athletes first, and then uh, we'll go to Coach. So questions for our student-athletes. We'll start right down here in the very front, in the middle. Let me get you the mic. Uh, this question is for Max and D. Winters, Jamie Plunkett with Frogs Today. Um, guys, I know that this isn't the result you wanted today, but when you look back on this season after being picked seventh in the Big 12 and Everybody kind of overlooked you guys. How do you put into words, you know, finishing 13 and two with the Fiesta Bowl championship win? Yeah, you know, I think Coach Dyke said it. You know, tonight did not go the way we wanted to. Um, you know, disappointed in in that aspect. But you know, tonight isn't going to, you know, take away from from this season and you know what we were able to do um, as a program. I I don't think that's going to define, you know. All, all the good memories and all the success that we had, you know, it, this season to, you know, project and, and put this program going in the right direction and moving forward. I think that was the biggest thing of, you know, this program's moving in the right way or in the right direction. There were so many great memories this year. And, you know, obviously we're disappointed tonight, but, you know, we're not going to let this kind of take away from, you know, a remarkable season. You know, as Max said, I mean, look, a, a loss like this stings. Um, 
But, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the locker room a second ago, just about, you know, how far we've come in a year and what, what these guys have been able to accomplish, really, when nobody outside of our locker room expected it or really believed in them. And they always believed in themselves, and they always rolled their sleeves up and worked incredibly hard and competed every single second of every day. And you couldn't ask for more than that. And, again, I'm disappointed that we didn't make a better showing tonight because that's not indicative of who we are. But, uh, but, but we'll look back. It's going to take some time for the sting to go away, I assure you. But we'll look back on this season and, and build on it from here. Any other questions for our student-athletes right down here in the front? A uh, question for D and Max both. Mac Engel from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Guys, were they that much better than you? That, that outcome we were not expecting at all. Were they that much better than you? I got it. I got it. Yeah, um, you know, defensive-wise, you know, uh, they didn't really do anything special. You know, we kind of just beat ourselves up, you know. Um, they kind of just executed on our misalignments and just uh, kept scoring on those, things like that, you know. Um, we just kept beating ourselves up, you know, um, just overthinking, trying to uh, run uh, too fast for the ball and things of that nature. Yeah, you know, they're, they're a great team. Um, everybody knows how good they've been, you know, this year and, and prior years, and, and we knew that. I, I think tonight was, was one of those nights where, you know, at least offensively, we, could just, we, we couldn't get anything rolling. They were playing well on defense. We were shooting ourselves in the foot. I was making bad decisions and I wasn't executing well, not putting us in a position to, to you know, score, score some points and, you know, move the ball. But, um, you know, they're a great team. Obviously, that's not what we thought was going to happen or, you know, wanted to happen or what we worked for. But, um, yeah, it was just, you know, one of those nights where we couldn't really do much on our end. Take our next question for the student athletes over here on our right, fourth row back. Sonny, you said you guys are going to kind of sit down and evaluate what's next. I guess, is there any value you can take from this game and kind of showing you and the staff how far, how much further you guys need to go to kind of really become a championship program? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, that's, that's the good thing about, I think, our program and, and really our coaching staff and, you know, the world will look in the mirror. It's kind of what I told our players afterwards. We've got to look in the mirror and it all starts with me and then works, works down from there. And, you know, the thing that we did, we had a formula that worked, uh, you know, where we played pretty well for 14 straight weeks, you know, and uh, we, we carried the same formula into this game. We didn't do anything different. There was nothing, there was no preparation that was any different. There was no, um, I didn't have any sense that our players ran a different place. You know, their preparation was good. There was zero difference between, um, you know, preparation for this game than there was for the Michigan game, you know, 10 days ago or nine days ago, whenever that was. And so, you know, I, I think what happens sometimes is you, you know, you get on a run like we've been on, you play a lot of games like we played this year that are emotional games and games that you put, put everything you have into it to win it. Uh, you did it nine days ago against, again, a, a Michigan team where we had to, you know, had to hold on and fight and scratch for every inch uh, against a very good football team and found a way to win and got out there tonight. And, you know, George did a great job, got off to a fast start. You know, we answered, cut it to 10 to 7, and then for whatever reason, it went downhill from there. And so we'll sit down as a staff and, you know, begin trying to figure out what happened tomorrow, you know, and, and 
make sure it doesn't happen again and learn from it. I think that's the, the best thing that, that happens when you face adversity like this. You make mistakes and you learn from them and you, you get better as a program, you get better as a coach, you get better as players, and, and the next time you handle the situation a little bit better. But our preparation was really good. You know, I thought we had, you know, two of the better practices when we were in full pads that we had had all year. And to be able to have those, and it was week 22 for us, I believe, to, to, for the players to practice like they did 22 weeks into the season. It's a real credit to those guys. And again, I don't know what happened tonight. We ran into a really good team and we did some very uncharacteristic things and it snowballed on us. And that hasn't happened to us one time this year that we hadn't been able to fight our way back and, and figure out a way to, to get back in the game or win the game. Um, and we weren't able to do it tonight. So we'll self-evaluate and make corrections and go from there. I'm gonna go all the way down here in the very front. Jamie Plunkett, Frogs today. Coach, you mentioned that the sing is going to last for a little while and that you're going to get back to work evaluating on this tomorrow. But when you think about how you carry a season like this into the future for this program, what's the next month or so look like for you as you uh, put a plan together to do that? Yeah. Yeah, look, our guys have been going, you know, we've been practicing pretty much since um, the end of July, you know, and, and we have a bunch of young people that are 18 to 22 years old uh, that have really poured everything they have into it. You know, they've been home one weekend since uh, the football season started, you know, to see their family. Um, and so these guys have paid a lot into to this run and to having this kind of success. They've given everything they have, made a ton of sacrifices. You know, we start school here pretty quickly. So, you know, we've got a good plan on how to, to give our guys some rest. We have a, a significant group of newcomers that, that start school uh, that actually report tomorrow, believe it or not, show up on our campus and go through orientation, start moving in the dorms tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, no rest for the weary. You know, we'll get back. We'll um, start, you know, helping those players get settled, and, and they'll start week, uh, start school a week from Tuesday, and, and here we go. Uh, so, you know, we've got to give these guys a little bit of a break. It'll be a little bit different schedule maybe than it normally is because of that. You know, we'll wrap up recruiting, still have um, – you know, three or four recruits that we're, we're chasing and, and hopefully um, get those guys on board and just continue to build and, and learn from tonight and, again, make sure that it doesn't happen again. Uh, Chris Rim, the New York Times, did you, did you feel like – well, earlier you said you talked about preparation and how the things are working for 14 weeks. Did you feel like – I'm not sure if you were saying this, but did you feel like you, you should have altered from that for this game? And I, you know, I don't know. I, I think it worked for us in the past. You know what I mean? And, and did you have a second part to that question? If you did, I'd mean to cut you off. But, I, but I, let me just say this. I, I felt like that you know, we had had success. We had played probably close to our capabilities you know, throughout the run that we went on uh, this year. And, um, and you know, um, we didn't want to change that. We felt like it had kind of got us to this point as a program and we didn't really want to change it and we were comfortable with that with that preparation style go, go ahead and finish yeah i was going to say and do you feel like this loss taught you anything about what you need to do as a coach to prepare yeah yeah team? for sure yeah i mean certainly i mean we're certainly sit down as a staff and you know watch the film talk about go through every single call we made in the game and you know and say okay look why why didn't this work what why did where did this go wrong what could we have done better um 
you know, and, and talk, to our, talk about preparation. Talk to some of our players, get some feedback from, from those guys about how they felt coming into the game. We felt like there was too much in the game plan, not enough in the game plan. You know, just all those things. I know leading up to today, I know our guys felt very comfortable about the preparation. Felt like it was um, as good as we had had. As I said, the practices were very good. Uh, felt like the game plan was good coming in. And, you know, clearly it wasn't what it needed to be. And clearly we didn't execute it the way we, we wanted to. Coach, thank you very much. Okay, really appreciate you. your time. That was Max Duggan, Sonny Dykes, TCU. Um, geez. You got beat, boys. You got beat by a lot. Max Duggan's legacy in college football. Again, this TCU team should be remembered for all that it did, which was lose a Big 12 championship game and get beat 65-7 to in the college football playoff national championship. That's what it'll be remembered as. This is the biggest, I don't know if it's the biggest choke job. Uh, that, would be, that would be really tough to say. So I'm not going to say that. It's not the biggest choke job. But boy. To have had your best season in program history. And what do you have to show for it? The what if. The we got so close. The why we don't have a trophy. We don't have a Big 12 championship or a national championship. Well, we had a great run. Hey, look, Baylor's 2019 Sugar Bowl year, we don't talk about it because Baylor lost a Sugar Bowl. Baylor's 2019 Big Ten, Big 12 championship game. We don't talk about it. Baylor lost it. Sugar Bowl, Baylor, New Orleans, Ole Miss, we talk about that. Big 12 championship against Oklahoma State, we talk about that because Baylor won. Baylor got to those big stages and won. TCU did not. And that tarnishes, it does, objectively, tarnishes how great the 2023 season truly was for them. 2022, whatever you want to call it. This has been, come back tomorrow. I think I'll still be at Caesar's Palace. We'll see. As long as Caesar doesn't kick me out. Uh, thank you for making it live. Thank you for making it your first listen every single day. Locked on Baylor. Baylor.